Welcome to the Ordinary Investors Podcast with your hosts, Sean and Leah Baker. Hey everybody, we're here with Dan Merriam. Uh, Dan uh, was is a successful uh, investor uh, that grew his portfolio inside Hamilton and uh, saw some opportunities abroad inside the Caribbean. Uh, Dan, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, can you share a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so I've been investing in real estate for over a decade now. Um, and uh, started in Hamilton, as you mentioned, and which is really where I cut my teeth and, and learned a lot about the business. And after traveling a lot, doing some consulting work outside of Canada, I relocated to the Caribbean um, in 2021, and I've been investing down here. So that's been my focus for the last few years, and uh, I can get into the reasons why, but um, I'm also the founder of Offshore Freedom, uh, we're a boutique consulting firm helping successful investors and entrepreneurs live tax-free in the Caribbean and abroad. Amazing. Uh, can, can you share with us what uh, what had you getting into in real estate investing in the in the first place? Yeah, um, I've always been obsessed with business. Like I, I remember at a really young age thinking about um, building wealth, and you know. Um, and, and it wasn't really related to buying things. It wasn't related to material things. It was more, I, I like the idea of freedom, right? I, I really, I really like the idea of creating that independence. Um, my father was also an entrepreneur and, and kind of was supportive of that mindset. So I remember my, I don't know if you guys had this up, up where you grew up, but, um, my first job, uh, the summer I turned 13 was on a Dickie D bike. Um, selling ice cream. Do you, do you remember those remember little bikes them. that used to ride around? Oh yeah. yeah they, they they were. I don't see them anymore. But uh, I was, you know, this scrawny kid. I could barely pedal this thing. It was a you know hundred pound bike filled with ice cream. It was hilarious. But I'd go to baseball games and you know hustle uh, ice cream bars. So that was uh, that was my first straight commission job, and it was it was actually a great learning experience. So you know, in my uh, teen years, I did a number of different things to try to make some money and was always finding a way to, you know, save money, make money. I worked at uh, sport check for a while, I uh, worked at the family business for a bit, but it was just something I was always into. So, um, in my early twenties, I, uh, I, I rented a house with a few buddies that I was in college with. It was a frat house and, uh, you know, keg, keg parties and, uh, all, all that went along with that. And uh, about eight months later, when they stopped paying rent, I went to the landlord to try to, you know, give our notice as gracefully as possible. And I was really the one communicating with her and, and uh, you know, talked to her a few times. So, but she was very, very open to it. It was fine. Uh, let us, let us break the lease early, but maybe two or three weeks before I left, she approached me and said, so where are you moving to? And I didn't know. I, I had no clue where I was going next. And I was looking at getting like a two or three bedroom apartment and renting rooms. And, you know, I, I didn't really have a great plan. So she said, I have a basement apartment that you might want to look at. So I said, okay. Because um, I, I think because I had been upfront with her and, you know, we, we had a, you know, working relationship, she, she was 
she was open to renting to me again. So, um, so perfect little spot in Oakville. Um, it was exactly what I needed and what I looked, was looking for. And I remember she was asking eight fifty, so I beat her down to seven fifty. But in exchange, I agreed to help her uh, with some of the landscaping and cut the grass, and you know. But I also got to use the backyard, and so it was it was a nice deal. So um, we got to know each other a bit, and over the years, she talked to me a little bit about you know. I asked what she did, and she she wasn't very clear on it because she was I guess somewhat private. But eventually, it came out that she she was real estate investor. Um, she owned a few properties, so. Um, so, uh, she was the one who actually encouraged me to buy my first home. I always knew my first home was going to be like my first big transaction, but she told me, you know, now's a good time. I told her I wasn't ready. I only had about 40,000 saved. She said, I'll match your deposit. I know you'll pay me back. You've got a good job. You know, let, let's, let's find something. And I said, that's, that's incredible. Okay. Let, let's try it. So bought a home in Oakville. Uh, we paid three thirty. It was detached. Um, and, uh, and very quickly after that, you know, within the year, um, I had a drive by appraisal from the bank. They didn't even go inside luckily cause it was gutted at the moment. Uh, they appraised it for about 30% more than I paid and I uh, was able to refinance it, pay her back and, uh, you know, and, and yeah. And then on to the next, uh, next investment. So, wow, that's amazing. And, and so uh, that was in Oakville, the first uh, property then? Yeah, it was pretty close to Sheridan College in Oakville. Um, I, I'm trying to actually think of the name of the neighborhood. Um, oh, College Park. Yeah, so, so like Neagawa and Upper Middle, just south of Upper Middle in, in Oakville. And uh, that neighborhood was right on the verge of a transition from like, you know, old homes built in the, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s to you know builders just knocking everything down and rebuilding so that that whole neighborhood looks completely different now so awesome and and uh completely different in the price points now too i can't believe that you got that for i was just gonna i was gonna say what year was that 330 that i don't was, think you can touch that <laughs> oh i know ridiculous right that was 2010 so uh it was it was a while ago um i was 24 and yeah, I, I remember I rented out the basement there, lived in the main floor, but because I, I really didn't know what I was doing, I lived there without a kitchen for like eight, nine months, something like that, because I ripped the kitchen out first and you know didn't really have a plan to, you know, put a new one in and I bought it, but I but the flooring wasn't ready. It was just it was a real train wreck and a and a not a great experience, but uh but the funny thing about all this, I spent all this time and effort renovating. This this uh, landlord said, um, "Don't renovate it, you know, just just paint it, clean it up cheap, and just hold on to it." And I wasn't listening. You know, I wanted to renovate. I want to flip it. I've been reading books on investing and flipping and this and that. And uh, sure enough, when I go to sell it four years later, guess who's knocking on my door? Builders wanting to pay more than the house is worth because all they wanted was the lot. So, so sure enough, I sold it, and you know, a few years later, boom, they ripped it down and ripped all my renos out, wow. built a <laughs> built a monster there. So I just wasted a hundred grand on a reno and just you know down the drain and lived in hell while it was happening. But you know, these are the learning lessons you uh, you deal with as an investor. So for sure, absolutely. So then, uh, your next journey. So what brought you to Hamilton after that? You had mentioned that you uh, saw some opportunities there. Tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. So um, during this time, I was, I vividly remember this. I was working with a client and I asked him, you know, what do you do? Right. And was, I was probably trying to qualify him to be honest, but um, I, uh, he, <laughs> he said, I'm renovating a castle in Hamilton. And, you know, growing up in Mississauga, um, which where I'm from originally, you know, Hamilton was always a no-go zone. And even in 2010, it was still like pretty, pretty rough. You know, nobody really went there. Um, it wasn't a place that was on people's radar. So that immediately made me think castle Hamilton, like it just didn't make sense. So I never actually went to go see this castle and I'm sure it was just some big Victorian home, you know, somewhere, somewhere downtown, or, you know, there's a few, a uh, few on the, on the brow that you sometimes see as well. But, um, but it sent me to the MLS to go look at Hamilton to see what the prices were like. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like you could buy a home there for $120,000. And, you know, I'm sure it was an absolute disaster, but the, the point was Burlington was at the time for sure 250, probably more like three to 400. But I was seeing homes in Hamilton for like 150, 200, 250. And so I got in my car, drove to Hamilton and started driving around. And, and I mean this with, in the first day of driving around there, I just fell in love. I said, this, this city's amazing. There's, you know, so many beautiful old buildings. Um, I really loved that, uh, the North end, which is that neighborhood um, where, where they have the uh, Harbor front. Um, it's written, rebranded the West Harbor. And so I really just got obsessed with Hamilton. So with that money that I had refinanced out of the home I was living in, um, I put a 5% down deposit down on a triplex that I had found. It was a double lot in Strathcona. Um, sold most of the properties that I, that I owned, but I, uh, in Hamilton, but I still, still, still managed to keep that. So maybe there's some sentimental value there, but, uh, but yeah, that's how I discovered Hamilton. And, uh, yeah, from an, and this was 2011. So early on, I said, this city's got a lot of potential. And I thought things would happen faster. But, um, but you know, a broken clock is right two times a day. So eventually, I was right in Hamilton by, I would say 2015, for sure, 16 started really, uh, really up, you started really seeing an uptick in the market. Awesome. And then, uh, so now tell us about what your, uh, 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 I guess, uh, the path that you've, uh, gone down here with the, the Caribbean, what brought you there and, uh, um, yeah, what kind of opportunities, uh, did you find inside the Caribbean? Well, so after I bought that home, I, I shortly, uh, shortly after that took the plunge and quit my job and started investing in Hamilton full time. So, um, over the years, just started growing my portfolio, um, started moving into bigger properties and uh, started started buying multi multifamily and mixed use and and even even a few commercial properties. And so by, I guess, 2018, I started feeling, you know, a little more free, built up a little bit of wealth, um, was a little more hands off. I wasn't, you know, painting my own apartments and hanging my own door handles and doing doing the things that I could, even though I didn't really have skills as a tradesperson. But, um, but yeah, by that time, I, I was able to start doing some consulting work, starting to travel more. So I, I, I really just started seeing the world. And, um, and I always had a desire to own something somewhere warm, you know, uh, call it my personal beliefs. I don't know if you guys know the Don Campbell book, but it's pretty, pretty well known. 
and um, uh, real estate investing in Canada. It's uh, it talks about you know why you're investing, what 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 makes you want to invest, right? So um, so by then, I, I guess I was about thirty. I, I started thinking, you know, I could actually do this, right? I could actually probably pick up a cheap place in Florida or, you know, go find something in Costa Rica or Mexico. So started like casually looking, started traveling. And it was when I was um, in Southeast Asia, staying with a friend who had a place in Malaysia, um, this Canadian guy who'd moved there a little older than me. He, um, he was... He had set himself up on the MM2H program, which was like a tax program for like investors. So he was living there tax free, living like a king, made good money. And so that really sent me down the rabbit hole of, you know, residence by investment and, you know, setting yourself up outside of your home country for, you know, tax purposes and living tax free and, you know, and buying real estate internationally. So I started looking at Malaysia which led me to um, spend a bit of time looking at uh, Portugal as well, which was another kind of destination that was starting to, starting to trend. And, um, but I kept coming back to the Caribbean. I, I hadn't spent a lot of time down here, but I, I just always loved the idea of spending time in the Caribbean. It was pretty, pretty close to Toronto, you know, a lot of direct flights. So um, by 2020, I started doing a lot of research, like kind of obsessing over it. I, I tend to do that when I'm, you know, when I sink my teeth into something and uh, and um, was really looking at, you know, where I can move, what's safe, where there's direct flights and, and more importantly, where there's a good opportunity to invest in real estate. So I officially decided to leave Canada in 2020 and um actually left February, 2021. So that was kind of my, I guess, exit date. And perfect timing, if I do say so. Well, <laughs> Going I, into uh, the pandemic and COVID. You know what? It wasn't a motivator, believe it or not. And, wow. and although it, it worked out really well, um, when the start of the pandemic happened, I was doing, a, I was working a job in China and on my way back there, and um, when Wuhan kind of blew up, I decided to just park myself in Bali for a few weeks, which turned into a few months. So living in Bali for six months was when I decided, you know, I can do this. Um, I can I can leave Canada and, you know, um, it, it's easier. I, I don't have any kids. I don't have a wife. I'm not married. I, 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 I'm free in that sense to kind of, you know, pick up and leave and, you know, live out of a suitcase for a while, which I was doing for a few years. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I saw the Caribbean as a place that I could have a home. It was close and easy to get to for friends and family. You know, if I need to pop, pop, pop back to Toronto for a weekend, I can do that. It's a four and a half hour flight. And I just saw, I, I, I see, I think I saw down here what I saw in Hamilton in 2011, just a, just a, you know, big opportunity, right? So that's, uh, yeah, I think that's really how I ended up doing this. So amazing. And yeah. so what's uh, on the horizon now? You mentioned uh, that uh, uh, offshore freedom. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so although, you know, I, I'm really happy I made the move. I have absolutely no regrets. The last couple of years have been pretty painful. Um, Caribbean is known for being a place that isn't always easy to get things done, right? And um, 
and like digital transformation is just starting here. So a lot of things are still done with paper. Um, you know, banking is very difficult. Uh, even buying property, although you know most islands have British common law, so the legal system is very solid here. It's actually remarkably similar to Canada's legal system. Um, it still takes a long time to get things done. So, um, so yeah. So the last two years, I, I've just been through kind of hell trying to get set up here, and I and and throughout that time, a lot of people have been reaching out to me, you know, asking what I'm doing and wanting to learn about. You know, you know why Antigua and and why the Caribbean and what opportunities do you see down there? So that started, you know, really ramping up about six months ago when when people started seeing what I was doing. So um, I've been doing consulting for years, but I've I've decided to pivot my consulting firm and really focus on helping successful investors and entrepreneurs that want to live and invest tax free in the Caribbean and relocate here. You know, there, there's some people that might just want to buy property and invest in property here which i could you know absolutely help with and, and i think a lot of people will, will fit into that box but there's others that you know see an opportunity to leave canada or leave the united kingdom or their home country and set themselves up down here and and kind of build a hub and you know pay less taxes and uh, diversify their wealth and so that that's that's the opportunity that i see here is is help them help reduce that friction that i experienced and um help them you know help them make better decisions from, uh, you know, and, and come up and, and help them really help them design a holistic plan for, for their, uh, for their move and for their kind of next steps. So. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And, and that background that you have right now, that is not a virtual background. This is a real background. Yeah, no, I I've been, so I've been investing in a um, community called Jolly Harbor. And I discovered Jolly Harbor and, and I've been looking at Antigua. I think what originally put me on to Antigua was their citizenship by investment program they offer here. So you can invest in real estate or provide a cash donation. And, um, and basically you can get a citizenship um, within, let's say, six months. And so, um, so I was looking at Google Maps and I noticed this marine community in Antigua. And there's not that many of them in the Caribbean. Like there's Rodney Bay in Barbados. Um, there's uh, another one in St. Lucia. They have a few in St. Martin, but whereas like Florida, they're everywhere, right? Like there's a lot of communities where you have a boat in your backyard. And so this, this, this attracted me um, because the price point was good. The views are beautiful, it's safe, it's quiet. So yeah, I've started to buy here, started buying here about a year ago. Um, I have a home that I'm renovating here and, uh, and then I've purchased a few rentals as well. So, um, but yes, the background is, uh, real. I've got a nice, I don't know, nice little view. It's, uh, it's, uh, inspiring to wake up to this every morning for sure. Amazing. It's so beautiful. Like, wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thanks, and Leo. for, for people that are watching, like, just look at that. <laughs> you could have that too. That's amazing. And it's not zero degrees, as you've probably guessed as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's actually funny. So I looked at a lot of things and was looking, you know, did a lot of research. I wanted to check off as many boxes as possible. And one of them was weather, you know, and everyone thinks about the Caribbean as, you know, having good weather. But on these smaller islands, because they're in the middle of the Caribbean Sea, the weather is really regulated by the water temperature. 
So if you look on like, you know, uh, Apple weather, or you go to like a weather website, um, every single day here is like 23 to 27 or 28. And in the summer, it gets a little hotter. So it's like 25 at night and 30 during the day. But it's like incredibly consistent. And um, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely paradise. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for where I live and love. I, I love Antigua. I love the people. I, I love the opportunity that, that exists here. Amazing. Well, th thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Now we have a lot of, um, I guess, uh, uh, our, our, our target market of people that are listening to the podcast are people that are looking to get into that, uh, uh, over that hurdle of, uh, investing and, and, um, and, uh, making that first step. So I know that, uh, uh, a lot of people start, uh, somewhere, if you were to strip it all back today with the knowledge that you've gained, um, where would you start in today's market? The market's changed a lot um, since since I bought that place in Oakville in 2010. So it, it's a very good question. And, and I think a lot of people are discouraged because of the changes mm -hmm. in the market. You know, the, the market went crazy during COVID and now it's down but it's still not more affordable because interest rates are up. So I, I think, you know, more so than any time in, in my investing career, I think there's a lot of confusion. And I think buyers and even sellers just, just don't know, don't, don't see a clear path forward. So, um, yeah, and I, I think in Canada, the opportunity is different than it was, say, 10 years ago. Like, I, I don't think we're, we're going to see the same opportunity for capital appreciation i don't see the markets doubling or tripling in the next five or, or even ten years um, but that doesn't mean there isn't you know a lot of opportunity um, i think um i think rentals are still a great opportunity um, especially a well-managed portfolio i think there's still a lot of opportunity for value add renovations and and some forced appreciation so yeah overall the i i still believe there's a big opportunity in the canadian market I like the Caribbean because I've always bought distressed properties and then um, focused on capital appreciation. My strategy has been less focused on cash flow, which isn't a good or bad thing, just I, I think different. Um, if I looked back and I were to do this again, right, knowing what I know now, one, I would have kept my active income throughout my investing career, so I wouldn't have quit my job, or I would have found another, call it a side gig, like, um, like maybe a, get my mortgage broker's license. I, I, being a real estate agent, I don't think you can do as successfully part-time, especially in the early stages. I think you need to be all in. But even, even getting my realtor's license would have worked out because with that active income, I would have been able to do you know, two or three times more or maybe five times more um, you know, investing than I was able to do. And so uh, the other thing is I wouldn't get is I, I, I have a tendency to... Yeah, I, I was distracted over the years. And if I look back and I, I don't regret, you know, the path I've taken, but but for a young investor, I would say stay focused longer. And um, and like I look at when I stopped being as active in Hamilton around 2019, there was a year or two there that I missed a lot of good buys. 
if I just, you know, stayed, kept my nose to the grindstone instead of traveling and doing, doing things that I really wanted to do, uh, which I did. Um, yeah, I, I could have added a lot of, uh, a lot of equity to my portfolio. Um, and then maybe the last thing like, like that I would have done differently or, or, or that I would suggest that new and people that are just getting into investing focus on is really prove yourself, become an expert and then start helping help other people make money that are too busy to do it themselves in real estate or help other people invest. So that was one mistake that I didn't make is I really just grew my portfolio independently with private debt. But um, when I had the confidence and, and knew that I was a good investor and knew I had that, I guess, superpower, um, I should have started, you know, helping other people make money and uh, raising private equity. That was a, uh, that was a, that's a learning lesson that, that I, um, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. That's really great. Um, would you recommend like JVing or partnering with somebody to get into the market, especially given that, you know, maybe it's a little more challenging with the price points today or, um, you know, the interest rates, that kind of thing. Would you recommend that for people? Sure. Um, if I were a investor or a young investor, let's say, and, and looking to start, I, I think too many young investors are looking for these creative solutions, you know, um, you know, asking people they don't even know to invest in a project, you know, that they've never done before, or, um, you know, starting with wholesale deals, which, hey, nothing wrong with that. But in Canada specifically, um, I think the best thing to do is just buy a home get a basement apartment, live in it, and um, keep it for a few years, refinance it, and then take that money and invest, or sell it tax-free. You know, it, it's a great strategy in Canada because your principal residence is, is not taxable. And that basement apartment that you're deducting expenses from, is also not taxable when you sell it and you force some appreciation by improving it. So it's, it's a bit of a double dip. I think for any young investor, that that's and hey, there's a lot of ways to do this, but for, for me, if I were to look back, I, I would do that again and, and again. Um, I think it's a uh, great strategy. So, um, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Amazing. And if anybody wanted to get a hold of you to um, uh, reach out about investing in the Caribbean, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, uh, one easy way is to visit my website, uh, danmerriam.com. And it goes through a um, little bit about, about my uh, investing career. Um, I have some articles on there that I've written about the Caribbean and about, you know, about investing and, and really kind of about my life experience. And then I also have a section that goes through some of the projects I've worked on and uh, kind of breaks down, you know, what I paid for the project, what I sold it for and what my return re returns were. So that, that might be helpful as well. Um, or you can just email me at uh, dan at offshore-freedom.com. That's easy. Awesome. awesome. Fantastic. Well, Dan, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your uh, wisdom around the Caribbean and uh, sharing your path as far as uh, what's uh, brought you to here today. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. This has been great. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Sean. Thanks.
We hope that you enjoyed the show today and that we brought you some value. We'd love it if you give some feedback, let us know what you think about the show and what you'd like to hear. And while you're at it, give us a follow so you don't miss out on any further episodes. 